Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Search for Tomorrow podcast. Today, I'm lucky enough to have a highly recommended guest, uh, Dahlia Moret from Montreal, who's done pretty well recently in multiple events. And if you follow the face-to-face -to -face tour at all, I'm sure you've heard of them because they've done very well at a few of them and uh, even managed to snag a qualification in Toronto, despite, uh, I think, the main event not going well. And so the first thing I just wanted to start with and lead with, uh, Dahlia, is why don't you uh, talk a little bit about yourself? Hi. Um where to start? Um, I started playing Magic um, in 2005. Um, I always really loved card games. Uh, when I was a little kid, I, I would collect Pokemon cards. Um, didn't know what they did, didn't speak English, um, but I, I, they, they looked nice. Um, and I kind of like fell in love with card games and now it's cool, uh, the other kids were got into Yu-Gi-Oh at one point. So I um, I followed suit and uh, eventually, um, you know, I kept seeing um, the kids in now in high school would play Magic and, and it seemed really popular at the time and uh, that's cool. And um, that's kind of how I got um, interested in it. And the, the, the people at the card shop that I, um, that I would go to would also play a lot of, of, of magic and, you know, it was way more popular than Yu-Gi-Oh at the time too. So I just kind of, uh, eventually got started. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, uh, so were you like, uh, an LGS player who kind of grew themselves from, from there, like not a online first type player? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, did not have internet until I was like 16 or 17. So all I had was paper. Um, I, I remember, you know, just going to the, the LGS and look at the scry and, and <laughs> looking at like lists of cards and prices. And, and uh, yeah, it was uh, good times. Uh, when do you think uh, Magic became like a competitive outlet for you or what brought you into competitive Magic? Uh, that's a good question. I'm a very competitive person in general. Um, a lot of the things I do, I like to do them, uh, with certain intensity. So, you know, I always had that, that, um, fighting spirit and I don't really know what happened. I think it's because I, I started hanging out with more, um, veterans from the scene, uh, people who had, uh, uh pro tour experience, who, who had been playing for a very long time. And uh, back then I was just, I was like FNM scrub, you know, I would go like buy three every, every week. And <laughs> that was kind of playing my, my theme decks. Uh, uh, I didn't have any money to modify them. <laughs> and I started hanging out with like better players and learning a bit more about the game. And I also had the, this friend, Simon, who, um, you know, was about as bad as me, but he, he had a job, so he could afford, like, the cards. So we started, like, playing together and, like, sharing cards and, and like, um, kind of uh, um, partnering up for events. And um, we would, you know, drive to different uh, uh, local tournaments. And as we went, we started getting a little more interested in the, in the, you know, competitive side of things, but also our skills started to be a little better. Um, I was still very bad at the game even like my first gp was a, a time spiral block 
and um yeah it was it, it went it went pretty awful um <laughs> I, I was not ready for that um but yeah and 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 then but I, I i still liked it i didn't mind losing because it just motivated me to get better and uh yeah then i, I tried to play a couple jss while that was still a thing um didn't do very well at those um and yeah and i i think my 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 first kind of breakthrough, I think, was in, in Extended. Um, I was playing a Domain Zoo deck. I think it was one of the last years that Extended was a thing. Um, I was like 17 at the time, and I made it to the finals of a, of a PTQ. Uh, but I couldn't afford to go to the Pro Tour, so I, I scooped the finals. Um, I, I really wanted to go to Honolulu because uh, it seemed like a really cool place to go. But... Um, it just didn't, didn't pan out. Um, and, and from there, I, I kind of like, I knew that I could do it. I just had to like keep playing. Um, but, you know, uh, financial circumstances were pretty harsh still. So I couldn't really uh, uh, afford all the traveling for the grinding. And so, you know, I was kind of like in and out of the, of the competitive scene. Um, yeah. Okay, so you kind of just started being sort of a competitive person yourself, and then you found someone with like a similar motivation, similar interest and skill level, and kind of partnered up with them to kind of take it a little more seriously. I think that's definitely like a pretty typical path is to start taking it seriously yourself. And then once you find other people who are as motivated or motivated by the same things as you, you'll just see like both of your growth go exponentially. It sounds like that's kind of what happened for you. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Um, it, 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 and I also had like a lot of uh, um, support from from locals um, because you know the players that I mentioned that had like pro experience and like that were like had been playing for like a decade by the time I even started. Um, we we used to hang out at a at the same LGS and it would draft all the time, and so I had the chance to play with like. Um, yeah, a lot of players much better than me, and and you know when you're younger, you you learn much faster. So it was it was um, it, it really kind of sped up my my uh, my learning, uh, and and when I finally had like computer with internet, uh, it became uh, even easier because then I had like workstation, um, and and eventually Magic Online too. Um, so I, and I did play online a fair bit uh, as means to practice or just to try to grind drafts. Um, yeah, and that was until I kind of like stopped playing for a couple of years. Okay, let's uh, let's hear some uh, the names of the grizzled veterans from Montreal. Um, there's uh, uh, Martin Eric Gauthier. Um, there's uh, Louis Boileau. Um, there was uh, um, uh, Guillaume Belanger uh, at the time too. Uh, who else? Um, can't remember all the names, and I don't know like what their what their credentials would have been, but uh, uh you know, the, uh, a bunch of the a bunch of the South Shore people. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was just looking to see if there's any uh, Montreal names that I recognize. They used to be pretty close with uh, a lot of people from Montreal, simply from just traveling so much back in the the old PTQ days, where it was like felt like I was going to Montreal like once a month. Okay. And so 
recently you started uh, doing pretty well on like the face-to-face -to -face tour. And so, so how many top eights do you have now? Uh, only two um, out of four opens that I played. I uh, haven't had the chance to play all that many. Um, I top the one in Quebec City right before the, the, the first lockdown hit. And then I uh, top one of the one of the two days we had in Montreal back in November. Uh, so those are the two that I did. But one of the events I scrubbed out. And then I recently scrubbed out the main event in Toronto. So two, two out of four. Uh, but I had other good scores outside of the, the FTF circuit uh, around those times. Uh, like the weekend after the the open in Montreal, I, I top aided uh, uh, events like both days and uh, was pretty nice. Three three and like eight days felt pretty good about that. Oh my god, that's that's amazing. That's pretty great. It, it it really must get like the the juices flowing when you start doing really well. You start thinking to yourself, oh my god, like am I insane? Am I am I finally like? breaking through and like doing as well as I think I should, or maybe others think I should. That was, that was early 2020 for me, honestly, in like, right before the first lockdown happened, I had, um, I had done the top eight in, um, for the open in Quebec city and modern. Then I had to play standard, um, for, I think it was, I don't know what it was called. It was kind of a PTQ, but you had to qualify for it. It was like a really small PTQ. Yeah, they're called a preliminary pro tour qualifiers or PPTQs, correct? No, it wasn't like, I don't know what it was. It was in this like middle of the road part after oh, the PPTQs, but before yeah. the new structure where like FTF yeah, was hosting yeah, I remember. Like, uh, yeah. like small events where like top eight would qualify for the large one. And it was like a 30, it was basically a 32 player PTQ. Yeah, they were closed um, PTQs. So like you had yeah. to, qualify for the specific ptq at that lgs yeah exactly um so i hadn't played standard in forever but i i top four uh, in standard uh despite having like three rounds under the belt <laughs> in in like two years of, of um so yeah like i i went one within the span of a month i top it in quebec city top four the standard ptq and then i top eight a 5k in pioneer um at the um, festival magic montreal and i felt pretty awesome because i i you know just like top eating in all formats and just like getting so much store credit and just like it, it felt really good i was i was really proud of myself i was like okay this is this is my time this is my year i'm gonna I'm gonna keep crushing it you know and then then didn't play magic for nearly for over a year but you know <laughs> things happen uh and i i think the the open in november really um made me kind of uh, uh, reassured me, I would say, because I was like, did I lose all my momentum? You know, will I, will I still be able to perform after uh, uh, lockdowns? And like, will, will I still be able to, um, you know, uh, just, yeah, just put up good results and, and be as consistent as I'm, as I'm used to being. And it uh, turns out that yes, I, I, I still am. And that feels, that feels really nice. I'm just super excited to play even more. Well, you, sh you should be, honestly. You came as the highest recommended guest out of anyone for the podcast, Aww. which is a pretty pretty great thing to hear. There was a lot of people who recommended me, uh, you to me, a lot of people in the DMs, a lot of people commenting on some of my posts to recommend you. I think uh, a lot of people see the success you've had and know that it's not a fluke. And I think uh, 
that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is I think like as tournaments grow bigger and as we go back to more paper play, I would like to have this to be like a pinpoint in time to say that like we knew this was going to happen. We knew that Dahlia was going to start like crushing bigger events. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm really flattered that uh, so many people recommended me. Um, it feels good to know that people are seeing, like, even if I don't have like that many splashy first places, um, you know, it, 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 it's nice to know that people are noticing that I'm doing like so many top eights and just like overall being like a, a pretty consistent player. Um, and yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really hoping that as, as stuff like pro tours come back and, and I might finally get my first cause I, you know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I never went to the pro tour. Uh, but I have like so many top eights and like multiple finals. Like it's just, um, I'm really like, you know, I guess it's one of my dreams to go there at least once to just like, you know, prove to myself that I can, I can get there, you know? Yeah. I, I would be very surprised if you did not qualify for a pro tour. I just think all the people who have these kind of results, like, they're not by accident. Sometimes you just miss your chance. If you top eight APTQs, you're only supposed to win one. And sometimes you catch the bad end of that luck. Like before I played my first pro tour, I think I lost four finals and top eight of like 20 something PTQs. And oh my God. sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just got to get it off your back. Like I remember Reese. So I qualified for a pro tour shadows over in a a long time ago. And I didn't qualify again for quite a few years. And I remember being within like one match. So like PTQ finals esque thing three times in, in an eight day span and just thinking and lost all three and thinking to myself that like, maybe this isn't going to happen. Like maybe I'm not going to qualify, but the thing is, if you just keep giving yourself the opportunity, like eventually you're going to be able to capitalize, be it like your skill, be it like getting lucky and combined with the skill. Cause you ever, you have to get lucky to win a major tournament. It's just, a nature of the beast the thing is you just have to like play well enough while you're not like when a couple of the games you shouldn't and all of the games you should is sort of like a mantra that i've lived by before that makes a lot of sense uh and i and i agree with you it's it's a compounding lucky and good because <laughs> um yeah it's it's a um and, and it's really now that I'm in a situation where I can grind a bit more, uh, I can travel a bit more, I have a stable work schedule, I can afford to travel, I can I can own the cards. Uh, it's been much easier for me to to try to like put up results. Um, you know, back when I was a teenager, it was extremely hard because what if what if the guy with the cards wants to play you know the deck that I want to play? Well, you know, tough luck. You, you're playing it tier two deck and you just have to hope to make it and I, I i i would still have results but it was no it was not like the kind of like preparation that you need to actually get there right and and i think i'm in that place now where i'm i'm actually working for it and it's um hopefully uh um results are going to come uh, you know i'm i'm really big into i'm really diving back into pioneer now because of the championship um this coming winter and uh yeah hopefully i will be part of the top eight i mean if it's top eight i don't have to win the finals right i mean i still i would like to go to worlds yeah, but yeah worlds <laughs> is pretty great i don't think you're you'll be sweating over the finals even if either way but no you're yeah. right you do just have to top eight i i don't i have no clue how many people are going to be there if i had to guess like four to five hundred 
it's going to be insane. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be pretty big, just based on like my estimations versus just kind of what the way I see it going. So the reason you're qualified, though, was at uh, the recent face-to-face Toronto. You uh, joined a second chance type qualifier event, correct? Because of the the weird round two issue. Correct. Yes, um, because I had not signed up for the one qualifier that was already there. Um, but when they announced that they would be doing a second one, um, that's when I, I signed up. And I was like, you know what? This 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 deck was a terrible choice. I'm gonna register something else. And I had I had brought a second deck for my friend. Um, because he he was on burn and he had like a bunch of like miscuts and and misprints and he he wanted like a backup in case the judges didn't like his <laughs> his funky cards um, and yeah after after scrubbing out I was like you know what I'm I'm registering with this with this other pile and just like standing in line I just r- scribbled the deck list together and <laughs> just went for it and um, yeah so how did uh, the main event go for you and what deck did you play? So the main event, I was on Grixis Dead Shadow. Uh, I was pretty happy with the list. I um, I've been you know following the deck a lot since it crushed me in the finals back in November, and eventually adopted it and started trying to get better with it. And I was having a lot of fun actually playing the deck, but the reality of the Lurus ban meant that uh, playing Shadow is is um, you know even more of a like. I wanna, I wanna say, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't feel well positioned at all right now. I feel, I think it's a really strong deck, but, uh, um, yeah, playing, playing it was a bad idea. I, I was in denial because I, I had just like finally hopped onto the deck and and tried to, um, like find the best list post the wristband, but it was just, it's just not working. So, um. You know, lost lost my round one to Mono Blue Tron, which is like feels unwinnable. Um, I still remember when I when I <laughs> when I I, I turn one Tati's my opponent, and then I bobble him, and I see Gutshot on the top of of his deck, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm so dead. <laughs> like, um, and then lost round two twice, and. Uh, <laughs> That was well, that was a pretty bad feeling, but at least you didn't get the the feel bad of like win original round two, lose second round two. Yeah, yeah, that that would have really crushed me. I would have I would have felt really bad about that. My my opponent, my round two opponent won, then proceeded to win again and still dropped because he he during that span he had done the math where doing top four in the qualifier was had better chances than trying to to make top eight from an X one position. Um, so he dropped after winning both his round twos. <laughs> Ouch! And yeah, and he he made top four in the other qualifier. He uh, he got oh, there. That, that's yeah. kind of great. So, uh, what deck did you switch to for the? Actually, before we talk about that, I'm just gonna briefly explain what happened. Is uh, round two there was like a clerical error with the judge, and a round got deleted, and because of the new software for. Uh, magic it is completely not repairable you cannot manually repair or anything like that and the only only fix that kept the tournament even going at all was to redo round two so i remember i won round two and i went outside and i came back inside and everyone's talking about pairings for round two 
and I was extremely confused because I was just sitting outside because it was very nice out. And all of a sudden we had to replay it. But face-to-face -face did kind of do the best thing they could possibly do in that situation, I would say, is I think they offered like a free, I forget if it was a 1K, but it was like a free 1K for people if they wanted to drop after that uh, redo of round two to play at like a different qualifier. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the one that I played. Um, did you wait? Did, did you did you win your second round two? Uh, I won round one, round two, round two number two. <laughs> oh, okay, how how did you end up doing? By the way, uh, I lost two winning ins to top eight, and uh, but I did top thirty two for the qualification. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, sad yeah. to hear for the two the two winning ins. Uh, that that must have felt bad. Uh, honestly, with the, the return to Paper Magic, I've played almost exclusively on Magic Online. And so I, I felt myself kind of playing a little bit worse. So I, in the grand scheme of things, felt like it was a successful tournament despite not being able to capitalize when I think I should have. I definitely lost one of those winning ins that I, I think I should have won. But I think you got to give yourself a break in Magic. That's kind of one thing I learned to not tilt or anything like that. It's just to like accept that sometimes I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to lose because of it. But like I'm human, I'm not top level pro players. This isn't my job. I, I can do better and I'll, I'll give myself the opportunity to do better later, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it. That's fair. That's a, that's a really good mindset to have, I think. Uh... Well, it took a long time to get to that mindset. <laughs> there was definitely the times where I would like, beat myself up over the tough losses and stuff like that. But sometimes you got to learn how to make your relationship with the game a little bit better. And that was kind of my coping mechanism in a sense. No, you're, uh, so you're right. Uh, not not mm -hmm. burning yourself out is super important and, and spiraling down toxic mindsets will definitely do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what did you play in uh, the second chance tournament? Why don't you just briefly describe like kind of how it went? Uh, okay. So I played burn um which uh, you know very very straightforward um i i won round one lost round two uh against dumb harvey then won the next two rounds and then drew, drew into the top eight and then from there um i did not manage to dodge amulet um but i still won uh i felt highly unfavored i had um i had the better seed going into top eight uh and i was like okay well at least i'm on the play and then i multiply of game one and like lose insta lose like and so i was i was pretty sure i was out and somehow made a comeback um there was a time in game three where my opponent had mulliganed and i chose to not play Goblin Guide and just try to play Swift Spear and only play Burn Spells so that there was no chance I would give him a land. And that actually worked out. Um, I don't know if it actually made a difference, but I was pretty happy with my with my big brain play of not playing my <laughs> my guide and, and trying to, to uh, you know, because it's rare that you can, like, from the Burn Seat, you can rarely... Uh, try to choke a big mana deck on the axis of lands. Like it's it's. Uh, but if they're if they ha if they have a if they mulligan, then you you don't give them any lands. Then th then they have to draw them. So maybe not 
putting in the damage was worth the slowing them down. Uh, because I, I lost who knows how many games by just like the guide giving them two lands and then they just kind of make a comeback from there. <laughs> yeah, Amulet's a, a bit of an outlier when it comes to like that kind of strategies because they need a bunch of lands and they're not like a deck like Valakid, for example, where they have a bunch of spells that help them get the, the mass amount of lands. They just actually need to draw like four, five, six lands. And their deck is like 40, 45% lands. So attacking with a Goblin Guide, let's say three turns, is going to yield them like one and a half lands. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, that's and that's that's how I I um I won my uh, my quarters for the for the invite. Um, I also had like it was also <laughs> really funny because I was playing those with those like awful sleeves because I I don't I don't always like I usually don't play burn in in tournaments. I don't like it's not super interesting to me and um unless it's like suddenly really good in the meta game. Uh, in which case I would play it like like I did then, but um, I tend to try to avoid playing it. So it's usually just a deck I keep together for like playtest purposes. Like, oh, can this uh, spicy tech beat the burn deck that I have put together? Um, I do the same thing with blue-white control decks. Uh, just because I don't have the concentration to play large events, I keep it built, but I don't play it often. Um, and so yeah, I had like those really crappy sleeves that totally needed to be changed. Um, not enough to be like marked, but they were like getting sticky and whatnot. And I, I freaking hate that. Like, it, <laughs> I like I like sleeves to like feel good in my hands. Um, and yeah, I I'll, I even got like a warning because I, I I tried to draw a card and cards were sticky and it was. <laughs> it's pretty uh, funny. Yeah, I had a uh, good so, time. Yeah, so you you picked up a, a qualification for the regional championship, and I take it you're going to go to the Toronto one. Uh, yes, yeah. And uh, do you have any like aspirations of trying to qualify a second time and flying out to uh, Calgary? Um, I mean, if I if I do well in Montreal, maybe. <laughs> Are you going to be playing the the qualifiers for the regionals? I think I'll play I'll play anything that has like good good star credit and prizes. Um then if I get a second invite that's just uh that's just gravy from there. Cause I, I would like to to go to Calgary to play like just just visiting the place. I've never taken the plane before, like ever. So uh I'm just waiting for an opportunity to like give me an excuse to board a plane. Uh, <laughs> and and that that could be it. Uh so if I get an invite, I'll I'll definitely consider it. Um, but I don't have like a set plan of of doing that. Uh, that's also kind of why I'm I'm not necessarily going to go out of my way to play another one of the Toronto Opens. Um, but there's one in Montreal this summer, which I'm definitely attending. So if if things go well then, then you know I I'll, I'll want to play to my outs. Yeah, I'll uh, I assume I'll be at the Montreal one as well. Uh, so I, I locked up one qualification and I've, uh, I've decided that I'm going to go for the second one and I will fly to Calgary. Oh, Thankfully nice. I have like some friends up there who could hopefully, uh, house me. We'll, we'll see how it kind of goes. That's also my plan. <laughs> like if, if, if it comes to it, uh, I think some people out there could, uh, could house me, um, which would make it much more feasible. Cause I think if you have to just, uh afford all the all the expenses or gets pricey for yeah 
Well, you're honestly putting quite the name out there for yourself. And I think uh, a lot of people who I brought up that I was doing the cast with you next, almost none of them were surprised. They thought you'd be a great guest. You're well worthy of the, like the showcase, like you deserved it. And I'm kind of glad that we got to talk today and got to see a little bit more about you and what you're about. Like I knew who you were based on your results before, but it's good to get to, to know the kind of person behind the name. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so happy that like, yeah, other people recommended me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not used to, uh, um, to being uh, recognized, I, I would say. And also sometimes it feels a little lonely. Um, uh, like there aren't that many women playing uh, competitive events, um, let alone trans women. Um, and it's, you know, I feel like if, um, if more people see me, then then people like me can think that maybe they can also, uh, um, you know, do well in this game and and thrive in this in this space. And I'm hoping that uh, this kind of stuff helps. Yeah, uh, as it's said, been said a lot. Uh, representation really matters. So when people see that people like them can be accepted by the community and crushing events and doing well and can start networking with each other and other people finally opening up their network to them like they should. Unfortunately, there's like the old boys club of, of magic and it's, it's a real thing, unfortunately. And, uh, I think a lot of people are going to see your success and, uh, think that they can do it too. And you know what? They're right. Yeah. And I, and I, and I hope to see, yeah, I hope to see more. It's, uh, um, it's uh, yeah, super nice. <laughs> All right, and uh, just one last thing for the podcast today is I uh, wanted to let people know that the weekly sale for Face to Face is a pretty interesting one this week for uh, Mother's Day. Yeah, so it's the everybody has a mother sale, so all creatures are twenty percent off, and that's that's all of them. That's kind of a crazy sale, if you ask me. So if you're picking up a deck and you uh, are thinking about the creatures in them. I think uh, going to face-to-face games would be where you should go. That's a pretty good sale. I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely going to be picking up some uh, whatever creatures I need. Maybe some Ledger Shredders and Pioneer, the the new hottest card. I just bought some today, actually. I uh... I, I bought a playset yesterday, and <laughs> nice. it sold out almost everywhere. Yeah, I had to get mine from like eBay like earlier today because I checked all the all the local stores. Everybody's sold out. It's it's uh, um, the next the next hot thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, Dahlia, I appreciate uh, you taking the time for the podcast. You were a fantastic guest, and I hope uh, a lot of people get to listen and hear sort of what you're all about and uh, see you at the next event where I'm sure you're going to be in the top eight. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Andy. And uh, uh, yeah, Uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. And uh, have a have a good evening. Yeah. Thanks for listening.